Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 13th of September. I'm Nkem Ifejikan. And I'm Laura Cook. The public in Scotland get a chance to say goodbye to their Queen. So for me it was that closure and sense of pride that I've served and done my duty and I've come to pay my respects for that. And queues start forming in London as planners prepare for millions of mourners. I came from straight from work last night, just after midnight, and I have to be back at work at 20 past six on Thursday morning. So I was really worried that the queues here would be very long, so I decided to join the front of the queue for when it opened. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start in Edinburgh, where Queen Elizabeth's four children kept vigil by her coffin as it lay at rest in St. Giles' Cathedral for what's known as the Vigil of Princes. The coffin was draped in the Scottish version of the Royal Standard, with the Crown of Scotland placed on top of it. Dressed in a traditional Scottish kilt, King Charles stood at the head, with his siblings on the other three sides. Prince Edward and Princess Anne wore their military uniforms, but not Prince Andrew, as is no longer a working royal following the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Ceremonial guards stood at the corners alongside the royal siblings in sombre silence. The public were then able to file past to pay their respects, some having stood in line for hours. These people were emotional at being there. So for me it was that closure and sense of pride that I've served and done my duty and I've come to pay my respects for that. One day out of my life, for her lifetime of commitment and sacrifice for us. Deeply moving. Very special moment. It's a memory we'll never forget. Just emotional, but it's worth it in the long run. Never see it again. Earlier in the day, the late Queen's children walked behind the coffin as it was taken up the Royal Mile from Holyrood House to St Giles, where the memorial service took place. The First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, read a Bible passage from the Book of Ecclesiastes. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. It was a busy day for King Charles, as earlier in the day he'd been received by both members of the House of Commons and the House of Lords in London. Tuesday is the last day of official events in Scotland. Times Radio's Callum MacDonald has been in Edinburgh and told us what happens next. 
So as far as Edinburgh is concerned, the, the coffin lies at rest in St Giles Cathedral and will remain there until a little bit later on um, this afternoon. Um, at five o'clock, the Queen's coffin will then be moved from St Giles Cathedral to Edinburgh Airport. And again, this is another opportunity actually for members of the public to pay their respects. The route um, that the hearse will drive along is published, it's public, uh, and so people may once again turn out um, for the Queen's final journey away from Scotland, out mm. of Scotland. The coffin then travels by plane to RAF Northolt. That's expected at 6pm. The Princess Royal, Princess Anne, will also be on board. As thousands of people waited for hours to pay their respects in Scotland, preparations are underway for the crowds to descend on London. The King and the Queen Consort will receive the coffin at Buckingham Palace later on Tuesday, where it will remain overnight, before a ceremonial procession to Westminster Hall on Wednesday. The coffin will be transported on a gun carriage of the King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery, with the King and members of the Royal Family walking slowly behind. Queen Elizabeth will then lie in state for four days, with the public able to pay their respects. These people have already joined the queue for the monarchs lying in state 48 hours before it opens. They say they're still reeling from the Queen's death. I was really, really upset, very, very upset. And I like her and I, everything. Jubilee, I was here with her, with everything. We went to Windsor on her 96th birthday. Everywhere we, do, we go. I, I, I couldn't believe it because... We knew perhaps something was imminent because all the family were called, weren't they? Infrastructure has been set up while security staff prepare for millions of people to pay their respects. But former Director of Communications at Number 10, Jonathan Haslam, fears we might be sleepwalking into a difficult situation for the authorities and mourners. The idea that people would shuffle from London Bridge to Westminster Hall and a process that could take, according to some of our papers, unbelievably 30 hours when you can't get out of the queue. Uh, when, you know, people of my generation, we need toilets. You know, you cannot manage. I cannot imagine that Her Majesty of the Queen would want people to go through that, even if physically they could. The government has warned against camping between Buckingham Palace and Westminster Hall to see the Queen's coffin. Anyone who does before Wednesday may be asked to move on. Jonathan Haslam thinks the government needs to think quite hard about what it's doing. This is an, an issue where we've got to, it doesn't seem to me that actually I've got confidence in the people planning it, that they've got it right. Uh, I think that I would like to see more action. Nadim Zahawi is supposed to have a daily cabinet office meeting about all of this. And if this isn't item one on his agenda, it should be. Queen Elizabeth's coffin will be placed in Westminster Hall from five o'clock on Wednesday evening until next Monday morning. Members of the public are invited to observe a one-minute silence on the eve of Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Downing Street has announced the tribute will take place at 8 o'clock on Sunday evening. King Charles is continuing his tour of the capitals of the United Kingdom following his accession to the throne. So far, he's been in England and in Scotland. On Tuesday, he's due in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Fanula J. O'Boyle is the Lord Lieutenant of Belfast, which is the monarch's official representative in Belfast. She says King Charles will be welcome in Northern Ireland. I've been privileged to be out and about over the last few days. I think the King is going to have the most tremendous Belfast and Northern Ireland welcome. 
I think on a personal level, people are deeply, deeply sad and grieving at the loss of Her Majesty. Dame Fanula said King Charles already had experience working in the country. The King has long been coming to Ireland. His own personal efforts for peace and reconciliation are appreciated, I think, all over this island. And I know that he will be an encourager of that peace building and of helping civic society to come to terms with its issues and healing the wounds of many, many, many generations. Support for the royal family in Northern Ireland is split, as many see themselves as Irish and Roman Catholic rather than British and Protestant, and so don't see themselves as subjects of the monarch. Times of London Daily World Briefing. On the way, Ukrainian forces retake thousands of kilometres of territory in recent weeks and success for succession at the Emmys. We head now to Ukraine, where it's said significant progress has been made by Ukrainian forces. In his nightly address, President Volodymyr Zelensky claims his forces have retaken 6,000 square kilometres of territory since the start of the month, and he called on the West to speed up deliveries of weapon systems as his forces consolidated their positions. Most of the territory retaken is in the east of the country. Ukraine's chief commander says his forces have advanced north of Kharkiv within 50 kilometres of the border with Russia and are also pushing south and east within Kharkiv province. Tom Much is Talk TV's correspondent in Lviv. Now Ukraine is really on the front foot. They've got Russia under pressure in the south. They've taken back some towns that Russia had spent an enormous amount of blood and treasure trying to capture. And so there's a real feeling that Ukraine might actually be able to reclaim all its uh, territories after all. Former US National Security Advisor John Bolton has said Russian President Vladimir Putin and his regime are in more jeopardy than at any point since the war in Ukraine began. While conceding it's hard to say whether this is a turning point in the war, he explains Russia is in a very difficult position militarily and politically following territorial losses. Well, I think the Ukrainians uh, obviously conducted a very successful disinformation campaign since for weeks, maybe even months, they've been talking about resuming a southern offensive against uh, more successful Russian military efforts there. And obviously the real effort was in the north. And as you say, it's been quite successful over the past few days. The Kremlin's most senior occupation official in Kharkiv Oblast region, Vitaly Kanchev, told Russian television that Ukraine's army had taken villages in the north and broken through to the border. Speaking to Times Radio, Ukrainian MP Ina Sovson says she was cautiously optimistic. We are all a bit afraid of being disappointed and the situation is still extremely dire. But the very fact that our army did manage to launch this counteroffensive and the Russian uh, chain of command has basically just just fallen, in, in at least in, in that part of, of uh, the occupied territories of Ukraine, mm. that is a sign that the Russian army is not actually that strong. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With drivers' movements between motor racing teams, here's John Jackson. Aston Martin Formula One team have signed Brazilian Felipe Drogovic as one of their reserve drivers after he won the Formula Two championship in Italy at the weekend. The 22-year-old will also be the first member of their driver development programme. 
The team said the plan was for Drogovic to drive in the first free practice at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in November and also take part in a young driver test at the Yas Marina circuit. It's not uncommon for F2 champions to move straight into a Formula 1 race seat. However, with no firm options for 2023, the young driver has chosen what he's calling a learning curve that will give him an opportunity in the future. Brazil's produced world champions Ayrton Senna, Emerson Fittipaldi and Nelson Piquet, but has no driver on the 2022 starting grid. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. The Emmy Awards held in Los Angeles on Monday with top prizes going to football coaching comedy Ted Lasso, family drama Succession and limited series White Lotus. Lee Jung-jae, star of Netflix's South Korean dystopian drama, went away with the award for Best Actor in a Drama, making it the first foreign language show to do so in that category. Zendaya won a second Emmy for playing drug addict Rue in the coming-of-age teen show Euphoria. When Succession picked up its award for Best Drama Series, the show's creator, Jesse Armstrong, made a quip about the current events going on back home. He said there'd been more voting in the award for Succession than in the Royal Succession. And finally, swans swimming along Britain's rivers have a new owner. On the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth, the new monarch, King Charles, has inherited many of the country's swans. The ownership of the swans dates back to medieval times when the birds were considered a delicacy. The monarch shares ownership of the elegant white mute swans with ancient trade associations. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 13th of September. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.